Welcome to the Eastridge Church East Campus Podcast. We bring to you the message portion of our Sunday services in a convenient podcast form. You can listen on your way to work, during your lunch break, or even during your workouts. We want to put tools in your pocket to help you throughout the week. If you would like to find out who we are or what we are about, please visit us at eastridge.church. All right, let's go. glad you're here this morning, and uh, and if you are holding the basket, it's okay. All right, no shame. Just get rid of it faster next week. Hey, uh, listen, we are in this series, Witness, and so we're going to continue that today. You ever met somebody that is just all in, and what I mean by that, whatever it may be, uh, you've seen somebody, maybe they're in a new relationship, and all they talk about is that new relationship, and they're they're all in, or or maybe they got a new job, and people are really into that new job, you know, they're, they're all in, or maybe it's a hobby, or, or whatever it may be. You know somebody uh, is all in when you meet them because they just exude it, whatever it may be. In just a second, you're going to watch a video of a young man. His name is Traven Bromell. And and just six years ago, he was like this uh, running prodigy. And he just this past weekend won his most significant race, which makes him a a medal contender, a gold medal contender contender for the Olympics. And, uh, but... Early on, his uh, career was just derailed injury after injury after surgery. He was not expected to win this race uh, last Saturday. So I just want you to watch this video, and you're going to see a young man so a nice that is all in. So in the middle with the fast-starting Bromel. And the guy who you know is going to be coming on late, the 200-meter world champion, Noah Lyles. They are in five and six. Witness Bromel on Staten Island win a 60 meters indoor, a former world indoor champion. Won that title in Portland back in 2016. And then the injury on the track in Rio, all that rehab, all that road back, both mentally and physically here now to Eugene. And blast out of the box. Trayvon Bromel leaves Noah Lyles in his wake. And Trayvon Bromel barreling to the finish line and takes the win convincingly. You couldn't tell me he wasn't headed to a sub-10 performance with that start. But he will go home very happy with having put away this quality of field, including the 9.86 performer Noah Lyles. When you let Trayvon Bromel get a start like that, it's going to be a long day for you. That was a phenomenal start that's the kind of start Paul that he used to be having back in 2015 look at the start he's in lane five when you see that kind of start you just go okay he's in the starters head he knew when that gun was coming look at this again he's dead center of your picture in the white top look at this that is a phenomenal start and nobody in this race really had a response. He never gave any of that lead back. We know Lyles was going to be closing, but nobody got really close as Trayvon Bromel hangs on for the win. And a convincing one at that. 10.01 is winning time. Lyles second in 10.17. Then Matadi of Liberia. And Bromel, no stranger to success in Eugene, finding his way around this new track and takes the win in the 100, and he's now down with Lewis. 
finally slowed down. Trayvon, everybody just mesmerized by the start. How did you feel the way everything started? Uh, I feel like I started good. Just tried to block out the weather and just stay focused throughout the race. Exactly. So as you're moving your way up the track, you know that you're going to maybe have some pressure from behind. Give us a sense of the focus you had throughout the tape. I noticed you really had an emphatic finish across the finish line. I know I was just happy, man, because what, what I feel like I, I want to present to the world is how powerful Christ is. And I feel like what I'm doing here, it's not even about the times. It's about the story behind it. And I feel like that statement was made. It was all God. And how has the story been with you coming back from all the injuries? Ain't even about the injuries. That's why I'm trying to get people to understand. I feel like we're still blinded by seeing me back running. The story is God is powerful. Christ is powerful. Look at what he, look at what he is doing in front of y'all eyes. Like, how much more does he have to show y'all to tell y'all that he's real? Great performance, Rayvon. For sure. All righty. Let him be real clear. Yeah. It's... It's, it's, not, it's not about him being back, and it's not about him overcoming the injuries. It's not about his career. It's not about his running, which is his livelihood, which will eventually be endorsements, and it'll be all those things. No, let him be real clear. It reminds me of, of Peter when we talked about this the last few weeks. It's about Jesus Christ. That guy is all in. And so at first you probably thought he's all in about his running. He's all in about the Olympics. No. He is all in about Jesus Christ. He's, he's holding nothing back. Now, you can probably relate to this, and you probably have been this person at times. Some Christians want to follow Jesus, yet we want to hold on to something else. We just want to hold on to a little bit of the past, you know. We want to hold on. Maybe we want to hold on to popularity. Maybe we want to follow Jesus, but, man, we really like all the likes we get on social media, and we want to get all these different hits. Or maybe we want to, we're holding back. We want to follow Jesus, but, man, we really love the things that the world offers and the, and the comfort that, that it brings. Or, or maybe it's a, a girlfriend, a boyfriend. We're willing to do whatever it is to, to, to keep them happy or, or to keep them in our lives. We want to follow Jesus, but we want also something else. What I love about Trayvon Wes, it is all about Jesus Christ. Giving 99% of your life to Jesus is not enough. No, nobody would marry you if you promised 99% commitment. Nobody would. Man, following Jesus is a 100%, I'm all in, I'm holding nothing back. And listen, is it a struggle at times? Oh, man, yeah. It is a struggle. It's an all or nothing relationship. So how does that happen? Well, as we've been walking through Acts, we see in chapter 1, the church is given the Holy Spirit. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then in chapter 2, he comes. And then we see uh, the disciples uh, you, with the power of the Holy Spirit being witnesses to the world. You know what we have to do? We have to trust that we have the same Holy Spirit that the early church had. I remember being in the fourth grade or fifth grade. You've been here a long time. You've heard this story. I remember going through Acts, and we're sitting in the Sunday school class, and I'm reading about this in and, and, and chapter you know, four and chapter five, just the early church. And I said, because back then you raised your hand. And, you know, what is it, Scott? Perfect child. She didn't say that, but I like to think that. I said, what happened to that church? Did it die? And she said, no, where did that church 
I don't know. I couldn't make those two things add up. And, I, I, and maybe it's just because I was young and maybe I'm throwing, um, I almost said throwing shade on, man, I am hipper than I realize. All right. But maybe I was, maybe I was just throwing shade on them and, and shouldn't have been. But something didn't add up. Man, we had the same Holy Spirit that they had then. And listen, it gave them power to be witnesses. It gives us power to be witnesses. So what we have to do is trust him that he resides inside of us. we got to be all in, holding nothing back. We, we can't want Jesus and, and something else. It's 100% Jesus. And what we've seen in the Scriptures, regardless of the consequences regardless of what it may cost us, regardless of the discomfort, regardless of the pain, regardless of being shaded. I think I used it wrongly then. <laughs> Trey's going, let it go. Let it go. But it is 100% regardless of the consequences. We follow Jesus. And so today we're going to look at two different examples. We're going to see Ananias and Sapphira, this couple who wanted to look like they were all in but refused to go all in. And you're going to see what happened to them. And then another group that gave Jesus everything till it literally hurt. And they even praised God for the pain that it caused. Now, here's what's happened. We've seen the church supernatural begin in Acts chapter 2. And then last uh, week, we saw the believers sharing the gospel with, with great boldness. Everyone they encountered heard about Jesus, regardless of what it may cost. And they knew that these people had been with Jesus and it looked like the church was going to be perfect. But um, even here in, in Acts chapter 4, things are still going pretty smooth. Verse 32 of chapter 4. L listen to this description of the church. All the believers were united in heart and mind. <laughs> wow. What a huge statement nowadays. All the believers were united in heart and mind. And they felt that what they owned was not their own so that they shared everything they had. <clears throat> the apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was upon them all. <clears throat> Excuse me. There were no needy people among them. Because those who owned land or houses would sell them and, and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. This is a volunteer, voluntary uh, action. Now what's going to happen is we're going to read the example of a man who did this, and brought the money to the church leaders to help out uh, other believers. But here's what happens. Sin happens. E even in the church, okay, sin happens. And it says this, But there was a certain man named Ananias who, with his wife Sapphira, they sold some property. He brought part of the money to the apostles, claiming it was a full amount. And with his wife's consent, he kept the rest. Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit, and you kept some of the money for yourself. Now listen, listen to what he could have done. He said the property was yours to sell or not sell, as you wish. You didn't have to sell this property. And after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. You could have kept it. You could have given it away. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. Listen to what happens. As soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. Everyone who heard about it was terrified. I bet. 
Think about it. Think about the last time you lied. Think about the last time you sinned. First sin we see in the early church, and you die for it. Then some young men got up, wrapped him in a sheet, and took him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, was this the price you and your husband received for your land? Yes, she replied, that was the price. And Peter said, how could the two of you even think of conspiring to test the spirit of the Lord like this? <clears throat> the, men, the young men who buried your husband are just outside the door, and they will carry you out too. Instantly, she fell to the floor and died. When the young men came in and saw that she was dead, they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear gripped the entire church and everyone else who heard what had happened. Imperfect church. Sin in the church. And the church has been imperfect ever since then. And what we see is in Scripture is the first example of a couple who was not all in. It was their property to do what they wanted with. It was their money to do whatever they wanted with. They decided they wanted to look all in versus be all in. We all understand impression management. We want to look like a godly or more godly person than we really are. We want to look like a follower of Jesus, maybe more like a follower of Jesus than we really are. And so what I'll do is I'll lie, and I'll look like everybody else who's selling property and and giving it all away. They were more concerned about looking like followers of Jesus than being followers of Jesus. And this dishonesty led to disaster. Man, they, they never would have chosen this. You see, if you're in an honest relationship, you don't, you don't have to, to hide and be dishonest. Tra Tracy and I uh, decided, oh, you know, well, Tracy decided we needed to lose some weight. It was not... I lost my, sort of like Ananias, Sapphira gave Ananias, you know, permission to keep them. Same thing. Tracy decided for me what we would do. And um, so we decided no more cookies in the house. I love cookies. And we decided no more cookies. And, um, well, Nathan was having a friend spend the night. And so we took him, I took him to the grocery store, get him some snacks. He got Chips Ahoy, chocolate chips, extra chunky, and he got cosmic brownies. There's manna from heaven, and there's cosmic brownies. <laughs> I don't know what you're laughing at, actually. <laughs> but anyway, it got me a little excited. <laughs> he started um, getting sick at four. He hadn't touched these things yet. They're on the counter. The brownies are on top of the cookies. And he started getting sick at four, 420, 440 every 20 minutes till about 3.30 that night. So his friend didn't come over, <laughs> wise guy, you know. And I said, look, honey, you, you, I'll stay up with him. You, you're going to take care of the little ones. You know, I'll stay up with him. I did so good. I didn't touch, I didn't touch him. She went to bed at 10, uh, 10.30, and I didn't love him. At 1.30, a man can only do so much. And so she said, uh, next day, she said, uh, you ate a whole row of cookies. <laughs> but I was like, how did she check? Because I put the cosmic brownies back on top of the cookies. Nathan was supposed to feel better and eat some of these cookies. Anyway, I was dishonest. And 
we're back on another diet. You know, we're back on another diet. The thing is, when you're in an honest relationship, you don't, there's no need to be dishonest. If you're in an all-in relationship, if, if you're all-in, there's no need to be dishonest. Jesus calls us to an all-in relationship. It's all-in. And there's no need to be dishonest. You know what? One of the greatest gifts we have is his confession for that when we do sin, we can go to him and repent. And like Trey said, recognize our need for Jesus. We can confess it. There's no need to, to be dishonest. When we're all in with Jesus, we don't have to worry about consequences. Have to worry about being found out, about hurting someone or, or being hurt. Now we're going to have moments where we have to choose: Are we going to be all in, or are we going to hold back a little bit? And I'm not talking about cookies. I'm talking about relationship with Jesus. Am I going to be all in? Am, am I going to boldly tell people how I came to Christ? Or am I going to shrink back a little bit? Or, or am I going to be all in and, I, and I'm going to serve Him because He has saved me for that? Or am I going to shrink back a little bit? We all have these moments where we're going to have to choose. Am I going to be all in for Jesus? Am I going to indulge in this sin? Or is he going to be first in my life? We all have these moments where we may be more concerned about pleasure, appearances, comfort, stuff. Or are we more concerned about being all in? For Jesus. See, when we're honest, we don't just trust the Holy Spirit. We recognize our need for the Holy Spirit to give us the power, not just to be witnesses. Sometimes it's to give us the power to say no. Sometimes to, to convict us of sin so we can confess that sin and be cleansed from all unrighteousness. So when we're honest, we, we trust the Holy Spirit, and He's the one that gives us power to say no to sin, but more importantly, to do like Trayvon did and boldly be a witness for Jesus Christ. Listen, and that is what God wants most from us is to boldly proclaim who he is. And when we're all in, when we're all in, it's Jesus no matter what. It's Jesus no matter, no matter if you lose endorsements, it's Jesus. No matter if you lose friends, it's Jesus. No matter if you lose some comfort, it's Jesus. No matter if people talk about you, it's Jesus. No matter. It's always about Jesus. Let's look at this story in Acts chapter 5. <clears throat> Excuse me. Peter and the apostles are going around Jerusalem, and they're healing people, and they're performing many miraculous signs, and they're confirming the message of Jesus. That's why they were given the power, the power of the Holy Spirit is to confirm the message of Jesus. In verse 14, yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord, crowds of both men and women. And guess what's happened? People are getting angry. The religious leaders are getting angry at this. Peter and the disciples have decided they will talk about Jesus no matter what. Verse 17, the high priest and his officials who were Sadducees were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and they put them in public jail. Listen to this. But an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail, and brought them out. Then he told them, go to the temple 
and give the people this message of life. So at daybreak, the apostles entered the temple, as they were told, and immediately began teaching. When the high priest and his officials arrived, they convened the high council, the full assembly of the elders of Israel. They sent for the apostles to be brought from the jail for trial. But when the temple guards went to the jail, the men were gone. So they returned to the council and reported, the jail was securely locked with the guards standing outside. But when we opened the gates, no one was there. And when the captain, the temple guard, and the leading priest heard this, they were perplexed, wondering where it would all end. Then someone arrived with the starting news. Hey, the men you put in jail, they're in the temple teaching the people. The captain went with his temple guards and arrested. Hey, real quick. Not yet. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're just real. <laughs> we're just real <laughs> so, um, but back, back serious back to this because this is what it's about but Peter and the apostles replied listen he said the, we, we gave you strict orders never to teach in this man's name the ruling authority gave strict orders never teach in this man's name Instead, you have filled all Jerusalem with your teaching about him and you want to make us responsible for his death but Peter was all in. Listen to what he says to the ruling authority. We must obey God rather than any human authority. Now, this will cost them their life. They, they know this. They saw what happened to Jesus. They've already been arrested once. He says, we must obey God rather than any human authority. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead after you killed him by hanging him on a cross. Then God put him in the place of honor at his right hand as prince and savior. He did this so the people of Israel will repent of their sins and be forgiven. He's now testifying. He's now preaching the gospel to them. And he says, we're witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit who is given by God to those who obey him. not scared. Or if they are scared, the power of the Holy Spirit, the trust they have in him is greater than the fear they feel. And now they're standing up to the authority that could arrest them, the authorities that had Christ crucified. They're standing in the face of this through the power of the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that you and I have. And you know what this means to them? Jesus, no matter what. What you see in them is Jesus, no matter what. Jesus, no matter the cost of this. I may lose my life as I stand here. It's Jesus, no matter what. Now, at this point, they wanted to kill him on the spot, but a key teacher talked him out of it. And here's what happened, verse 40. The others accepted his advice. They, they called in the apostles, and they had them flogged. A, a public beating across the back Whips or, or canes, probably whips. They had them flogged. Then they ordered them never again to speak in the name of Jesus, and then they let them go. Put yourself in their shoes for a second. You've been arrested for speaking about Jesus. Then you got out supernaturally. And you went right back to speaking about Jesus. They bring you back in. They have you flogged. Painfully flogged. What would you do? 
The apostles left the high council rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they continued to teach and preach this message. Jesus is the Messiah. No matter what they faced, no matter what they were threatened by, no matter what pain they experienced, it was Jesus no matter what. It wasn't about being embarrassed for talking about Jesus. It was about being, they were arrested. They were flogged for talking about Jesus. It was through the power of the Holy Spirit they were able to stand against such consequences. And we have that same Holy Spirit. And listen, you know what happened? When you're in that kind of situation, that that kind of persecution, it led to praise. All of a sudden, they were counted worthy to suffer for the name of Jesus. They left the high council rejoicing and How many of us would welcome that kind of suffering or that persecution? I I didn't preach here last week, but I I did preach online. And and I said this, and and I believe it to be true. I I used to say you might face opposition for being a witness to Jesus. You you might. I'm saying this now. You will. You're going to face opposition. You may not be arrested. You might. You you probably won't get flogged. We don't do that anymore. But you know what? You will face opposition for following Jesus. And you know what? Man, through the power of the Holy Spirit, man, let's just rejoice to God that we were made fun of. Man, let's rejoice that, hey, maybe we lost a job because of it. Man, let's rejoice. Let's be all in for Jesus. Jesus, no matter what through the power of the Holy Spirit. You don't have the power in and of yourself. I, I don't have the power in and of myself. I am a, I like, look, I like chocolate chip cookies. I like comfort. I, I like, I like AC. I, I like going home. I like routine. I like comfort in and of myself. I don't have that kind of power to, to, to boldly proclaim Jesus to anyone. And look, I wear the title pastor. It still surprises me. And in all seriousness, when people call me Pastor Scott, I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah. Because you know what? I'm following Jesus like you. Same Holy Spirit like you. I got a different uh, gift. You know, I got a different role in the church than you. But same Holy Spirit. Same, same mission. Same, same, same. Jesus told them that they would suffer and that they would be rewarded for it. Remember the Sermon on the Mount? God blesses those, verse 10. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Now, he's saying this in chapter 5 and 6 and 7 of Matthew. Like, this is early on in the ministry. This is not exactly seeker-friendly. This is not exactly a good recruiting technique. Listen to what he's telling the disciples. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you're my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. Jesus says, hey, be happy about it. Hey, you're going to be mocked. Hey, be happy about it. You're going to be persecuted. Hey, be happy about it. When when you're all in, you you can rejoice because people counted you worthy 
to suffer. You can be, people associated you with Jesus. People knew you spent time with Jesus. People knew that you were all in for Jesus. And you can be happy about it because there's a great reward that awaits you in heaven. Listen, we're no different than Peter. Man, we're a witness to, to what Jesus has done, the hope and life change that he's given us. We're a witness to that. And we have the same power of the Holy Spirit that Peter did. And if we're all in, then everyone we talk to, everyone we talk to needs to hear about Jesus. Every person that knows us, at some point we pray, God, give us an opportunity, or you just take the opportunity in faith. We go all in. One couple refused to go all in, and that dishonesty led to disaster. And then Peter and the apostles and Jesus gave everything it hurt. And listen, that persecution, and man, it led to praise. Just think, if Easter is the whole church would live as a witness, if, if we would be determined, Holy Spirit, empower me today to be your witness. Lord, I'm going to be at the doctor's office. I'm going to be at the grocery store. I'm going to be here. I'm going to be there. Lord, empower me to be your witness. And we told everyone about Jesus no matter the consequences. And think about what would happen today. You know, we would see in verse 14, yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord, crowds of both men and women. 90,000 people just in Newton County don't know about the Lord. Man, if the church trusts in the Holy Spirit, man, that 90,000 becomes like 80,000 and 70,000 because people are filling up the churches because they're coming to faith in Jesus. Verse 32, all the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt that, that what they owned was not their own, so they shared everything they had. The apostles, apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was upon them all. There were no needy people among them. Can you imagine that being true today? I think when I was in fourth or fifth grade, I think Maybe that was a contrast. I didn't see a church that was united in heart and mind. I'm not saying on the same political page and, and all that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying I didn't see a church that was on the same page, that was full of, of power and people testifying to, to the goodness of Jesus. But can you imagine what it would look like with churches overflowing and, and people on the same page? Listen, there would be no needy people among the church. And you know what? God will be getting all this praise. You and I can be a part of that. Now, I'm not just saying that. I, I want you to hear me on this. You and I can be a part of that. History tells us that. We have all the same elements, and the elements is this. We've been saved by Jesus Christ, and we've given the power of the Holy Spirit. We have what it takes to be that church. We have what it takes to see our community turned upside down. It's just trusting him in faith. We can be part of realizing that vision. Let's go all in. Let's hold nothing back. I mean, let's be determined. We're getting ready to sing a song called Hold Nothing Back. Hey, man, let it be a declaration. Let's hold nothing back. Let today be a day. So, Jesus, I'm all in. I am all in. Not, not you plus something else. I'm all in. Man, let's do whatever he calls us to do. And let's boldly be his witnesses. Father God, we're all in. And Father, I'll be the first. When I say that, God, I know I'm going to be tempted probably as soon as I step off this stage. But Father, we're all in. 
And Father, for those of us who are afraid to be an all-in, Father, empower us, encourage us, renew us. God, remind us that it's not about us anyway. Father, that it's about you. It's about this mission that you've called us to. Father, make us a church that's all-in. And Father, may we live out, Father, Acts chapter 4. May we be a church of one heart and one mind where people are coming to faith all ages, Father, men and women. And Father, may your vision be fulfilled. And I pray in the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to speak with someone about the message you just heard, or if you would like to pray with someone, send us an email at info at eastridge.church. If you feel led to support the ministry at Eastridge, please visit eastridge.church give. Thank you for your generosity. Remember, no matter where you are in life, God loves you. We love you, and you have a family at Eastridge Church.